Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey listeners, Rebecca here. Unfortunately, towards the end of today's episode, you're going to hear some construction noise outside my home. They had the audacity to do that while we were recording. We apologize. We did do our best to minimize it, but there wasn't a lot we could do. So sorry about that in advance, and we hope it doesn't interrupt the listening experience too much. Thank you. Podcast, the podcast where we know loving reality TV and those who commit the weird crimes throughout it isn't a crime. Is that way? I don't think that was where I meant to go. Watching reality TV isn't a crime. That works, right, Rebecca? Yeah, I think they both hold up in a court of law, but I'm not sure. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> but uh, either way, happy to be here, and yes, very happy that loving reality TV isn't a crime. Although. I don't know. Bethany Frankel's making me feel like it's a little bit of a crime. And I'm like, you cannot have it both ways, sister. Uh, I have listened to, not hers, I listened to basically a rebuttal, um, another (laughs) three-part rebuttal. But it is true. She has like 15 minutes of ads, 30 minutes of content, I think is what they decided. It was like 30 minutes, 15 minutes of ads. Yeah. And not paying Rachel how, how do you how do you justify that it doesn't make any sense I know I know and I know that I posted about it on our Instagram and then I said I would like give my response after listening but I really couldn't because <laughs> other people did it faster and so I lost my lost concentration momentum. but um <laughs> and I, I did I lost momentum is the right word and I didn't listen to part two but I really do feel like she's trying to have it both ways and I'm even thinking about her show her show like Big B or the Big B shot, shot or something or the, Big Shot, which I liked and watched and probably recommended on the show because it was just so insane. But that would mean those participants could unionize, right? Right. Technically, and I don't think the structure of that, I'm sure, was not particularly level. Like, I don't know. I just... I just find it all weird and I find it a little, dare I say, predatory because I think Raquel, I guess she wants to go by Rachel now. That is one big takeaway. Uh, She's going back to her roots. So I think Rachel needs and wants like a strong person to attach herself to. Yeah, that's true. She's so out there spinning by herself. And Bethany is probably weirdly comforting because she'll just kind of like scoop you up and be like, don't worry, I'll do all the talking. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, just repeat after me. Yeah. It's like the subtext I get. So it's kind of a match made in. Where? Um, yeah. I'm like, it's not heaven. It's not hell. It's like. Purgatory? Maybe. Podcast <laughs> purgatory. Coming soon to a platform near you. Um, but yeah. Anyway, all that to say. Hit me with another story and let's keep doing what we do yeah. until we can. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. This might 
this story this week might push us over into Bethany Frankel territory. Not really, but this Ooh. is like the worst in reality crimes. Oh. And yes, Rebecca, you and I have actually had to talk a little this week about my story for other reasons, but there's not much you know. I kept it very vague. You just know. You really did. Yeah, there, there's not much you know, and I definitely kept the big details for myself, the juicy ones. And oh, I hate that word, but they're coming to you to I, I can't juice wait. you. <laughs> I don't know. To, to quench my thirst. Maybe not. Okay. No. So this week, it's a little different. I don't have as much biography in the beginning, and that's because the crimes, they go from beginning to end. There are a lot of crimes to talk about. Yeah. No birthday. I don't even have a birthday this week. So are you ready to get into it, Rebecca? (laughs) I am more than ready. Okay. So this week's story starts on season two of Big Brother. You were able to figure out Big Brother right off the bat. My clues were... Impressed. Sorry. Very (laughs) impressed. And you always like talk down to yourself in those moments, but you got it right off the bat. So the clues were Fedora... Chill. Chill. House. House. Okay. Fedora, chill, house. Um, Now, I'm not a huge Big Brother fan, but I love Celebrity Big Brother, by the way. You know, that's like totally my jam. But season two and season three of Big Brother, I loved. I watched religiously chicken george was on season two chicken george yeah i when i hear the name george i think chicken george okay a woman named uh shannon used a guy named hardy's toothbrush to clean a toilet ew yeah also when you think of reality tv and we go back to those things like that would never fly now but it did at that time and the first ever alliance group on big brother was formed this season when chill town came into existence are you familiar oh. with the term chill town? I'm not. Okay. Sounds like a boy band. It, it probably <laughs> should have been. So chill town consisted of Shannon that I spoke about with the toothbrush incident, a guy named Will Kirby and Mike Mallon, a.k.a. Mike Boogie, a.k.a. the whole reason this episode exists. Okay. But don't worry. Shannon and Will will still come up throughout the story. But really, today's focus is on Mike. Okay. So... Big Brother, if you didn't know, began as a Dutch TV show. Huh. I like when didn't. we can get things from other countries. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think some some good things have come from it. The Office. That's honestly, I'm just thinking The Office. So if that's the one. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah, it's a good export <laughs> from the UK. I like that. <laughs> um, eventually, though, CBS ponies up twenty million dollars for the rights to develop it in the U.S. The premise of Big Brother is pretty simple. Do you know kind of the the overall? Hit me with the accurate description. I just assume like someone's watching everyone in this house and they have to do something, but I don't know. Why. I like so, that you no, I don't say know. someone's <laughs> watching someone the entire time because that is, it is. They're being filmed all the time. Um, so the basic idea of Big Brother is there are 10 people up to 17 people. So sometimes there were seasons with 10, 13, 15, whatever. So between 10 and 17 people, they live in this house and they are competing to win $500,000. They're, you know, test of strength. There's voting. There's all kinds of things, drama, but it's 24-7 in this Big Brother house where they have no internet, no phones, nothing so they're just entertaining themselves the first season of big brother us though was kind of a snooze it was played pretty similarly to the european version where the audience at home was the one to vote off the players so season two comes around 
and they change it. They change okay. it to where you are voting for your head of household who's like basically in charge and untouchable that week. Other various things. But the big thing is nominating two people and then you are part of the jury that votes for them. You go in the diary okay. room and you say, I cast my vote for this person. Survivor-ish? Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Okay. But like okay. yep. no mosquitoes. So season two, the one we're talking about today, began on July 1st, 2001, with its final episode airing on September 20th, 2001. And if you're like, I know how time works, does this mean the Big Brother (laughs) contestants were in the house during 9-11? And the answer to that is yes. That's crazy. I know. I had actually forgotten all about this, that they were in during that time, and I can't imagine getting that information. So I'm going to show you a clip of producers actually breaking it to three of the players, including Will and Shannon. Oh, because they don't know. They have no No outside connection. They're like, oh, this is nuts. Okay. Today, uh, there was a terrorist attack, okay? Everyone in your immediate families, we spoke to everyone, and they were fine. Monica does have a cousin who works at the World Trade Center, Tamitha. But Monica, we promise that we will continue to to call you in um, as we talk to your sister as she waits by the phone. Thoughts, reactions. (laughs) I, I, it's, that's huge. That is crazy television. Isn't it? Because we all can... I mean, what is the like most classic thing that everyone does? Like, where were you on 9-11? Right. right? Everyone that was alive and born yes. um, has that story. And the fact that these people have their story, which is that they had to be told because they were isolated from news and internet and television. And that one of the women had a family member who was in the building. Yeah. That is kind of traumatic. I I can't believe that it happened like that. So we're going to score one point for Bethany, right? Like something should have (laughs) happened differently. But it is a wild... 100%. Yeah. It's a wild thing to not be like, let's pause on this. I remember, I think it was Big Brother UK or something. I saw a clip from when COVID, like everything really shut down and they were being told about that. But imagine season two of this, you're being told this. It would be so hard not to think, is this part, you know, like a little part of you would have to think, is this part of something? No, just it's crazy to hear the words that the producer said to them. Oh, yeah. And your mind like grasping for some like comprehension. It's just, it's beyond. That was really crazy. And we had visuals, we had audio. You lived, you know, through all of that. So it it is just a wild like. And they have none of it. No touchstone to the, like they have nothing. So unfortunately though, the girl that they talked about, her cousin working in the World Trade Center did pass away. She was missing for a few weeks and then they found out that she had died, but she stayed in the house. Wait, I'm sorry. They told her she was okay, that everyone's family was no, okay. Every all their immediate family was okay, but she had a cousin that oh, worked there. Oh. So they've been in contact with her sister, and her sister told them that the cousin was working there during that, that time, and, and they were still looking. It is awful. It is. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So maybe this is part of why I remember this season, because everything was just so wild, and like you needed an escape, Exaggerated. Right? Yeah. Like big, big scale happening yeah i can't even believe this was being aired during that time honestly just honestly too soon all it was was news all the time so i can't even believe this yeah. was actually on yeah so moving okay. along season two Ooh. is a huge hit maybe due in part to the trauma yeah. we were all trauma bonding during that time um perhaps yeah and part of the reason season two may have done so well is because of the friendships and the showmances between will and shannon 
who we talked about before in Chilltown, as well as a friendship between Chilltown's resident dudes. Will Kirby, who by the way is Dr. Will Kirby, he's a dermatologist and an FSU alumni, which was was always very close to my heart. And Mike Boogie, Boogie Mike. I actually don't know why he called himself that. And I did not Google Mm. that, but I can't imagine it's, what compliment would that be? Yeah, maybe he dances. So this is an aside (laughs) and there's really nowhere else to put this, but Will Kirby actually attempted to trademark the term showmance after they started using it on Big Brother. Like, took a page out of Bethany's book before she wrote it. (laughs) He eventually had dropped these attempts to gain a trademark for whatever reason, and he wasn't the first to say it, but um, he was the first to really force it down our throats. And it really did become (laughs) a a thing, right? In all of the seasons, it was like, it was just a showmance, whatever. And he really brought it out, whatever. And so this is another thing I don't really know where to put, but Will apparently during their time, so Will, Shannon, and Mike are all in an alliance, right? Will and Shannon are kind of into each other. At some point, and I remember this vaguely, he tells her that he has some rare form of cancer, which he doesn't. He, Will or Mike, sorry. Will, sorry. This is just Will. The dermatologist? The dermatologist, yeah. Okay. Very like Johnny Fairplay on Survivor, like... I can't believe you used that. Yeah. Yeah. He, this is totally an aside. He and Shannon kept dating even after she found out that he was lying. But that's just a wild, it gives me Brooks all over again. Vicky. I was just going to say, why is this a recurring storyline on people on reality TV lying about cancer? Like, it's like a weird, it's it's so weird weird, um, strategy. Yeah. Well, and I, it was truly a strategy. The thing with the Chilltown members is they were like, by any means possible, they were going to win. And lying is a big part of the game and they were great liars so while it was shannon mike and will people really remember it as being will and mike and that's really due to their Mm. diary room antics and cutthroat movements that they made in the game speaking of diary room antics here's a quick clip showcasing a little of chill town caller id mike boogie what's up yo what's up man so check this out you ready for the latest sure I think I just formed a sub-alliance between us and James from S6 and Danielle, the girl we tried to vote out the first week. This is Mike Boogie? Yeah, they're going for it. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody get these fools a blindfold because they're in the dark. They're in the dark. Bring. Hello. Hey, Boogie. What up, man? Do you remember a few weeks back when I got my showmance to put up her very best friend, Marcellus, and then we evicted him? Yeah. Could I bother you to do that this week with your showmance? Just get her to put up her best friend, Danielle? Sure, no problem. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Rebecca doesn't even trust herself with the words coming out of her mouth. She just stopped because I... Does that mean it was that positive, Rebecca? That's your response? Uh, no, negative, opposite. I feel like they, th- well, they obviously think they're a lot funnier than they are. Right. And that that was like a weird low-key audition for SNL or something. It <laughs> like, wasn't great. It wasn't great. No. But that was kind of like, no. you know, the antics and again, 9-11 and all that. So I think people <laughs> were really grasping at straws at that point. But for whatever reason, they were popular. And I think it was because they just were like the first real alliance. And, you know, they went in to play the game. 
Okay. So Mike and Will basically seemed like the two people to beat. Unfortunately for Mike, who we're talking about today, he ended up being cut in the fourth week, which isn't that hmm. great for Big Brother. But this second season of Big Brother was different as it brings up a jury system. As I mentioned before, it was different than the first. So those cut from the show would end up voting for the winner. So this allows Mike to eventually vote for Dr. Will Kirby to win. And he was one of the ones that voted for him to win the season. So Will won the second season. Okay. So after this, Mike and Will kind of become the early faces of Big Brother. The two would end up competing together again on season seven of Big Brother All-Stars. And Mike would end up winning that season. And later in season 12, apparently, there was like, you could be a coach if you had been on before. And Mike was a coach. I don't have a clue how that worked, but I know he didn't win. So two members of Chilltown end up winning Big Brother. So what do they do? Well, Will, as I said, was a cosmetic dermatologist. So he decides to put his money where his degree is. And he starts a company. Tell me if you've heard of it. It's called Laser Away. I mean, I actually feel like they might haunt me on instagram yeah probably (laughs) probably i am of that age (laughs) i know i took it from his facebook page it says laser away is the nation's leader in aesthetic dermatology with over 70 locations across the country and millions of treatments performed it became massive wait so i'm serious because the name does sound familiar yeah yeah, it's generic but it's like ubiquitous what year did he start it um i think 2001 2002 i mean it's been around for a while my gosh yeah Yeah. because that industry is yeah booming absolutely and so on the opposite end mike his background was running a bar or he worked at a bar something like that so he was more nightlife is what he was doing before Mm -hmm. so mike actually also invested in laser away or at least some version of it very early on with whatever money he could and it only seemed natural that will would also put money into something that mike was doing right they're really good friends at this point they're both starting businesses and investing in each other's stuff so mike's idea is to create the dolce group so will was an original partner in what became the dolce group and this ends up being What LinkedIn said was a Los Angeles-based restaurant and nightlife team amongst the leading hospitality groups in the country. And yeah, so the Dolce Group begins, but there were other investors, and those investors might be people you've heard of. So original investors were Wilmer Valderrama. Oh, sure. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher, your pal. Oh, this is early 2000s. Peak, yeah. Let's, Let's peak that peak a little bit more with... One Tara Reed. Peekaboo. <laughs> See <you> Tara Reed. <laughs> wow. That was perfect. Yeah. So back in the early 2000s, there's no social media, right? MySpace didn't grace our lives and ruin our friendships until August of 2003. So where where were the celebrities being seen, Rebecca? We had to get those magazines. You had to get the magazines, right? But these Hollywood hotties, they want to be seen. and. Yep. Uh, and so they're going to go to the places that paparazzi are. And it all started for the Dolce Group with a restaurant called Belly Restaurant. They open up in hmm. 2001. Never heard of it. Me either. No. Back in 2001, they opened it. So it must have been right around the time that Mike got out of Big Brother. Because yeah. that was September 2001. So Mike opens Belly with his friend Lonnie Moore. You're going to re- want to remember the name Lonnie Moore because he will absolutely be coming up again. Okay. So, Rebecca, if the Dolce group doesn't sound familiar to you, which it doesn't, Mm -mm. no, okay. No. That's okay. 
It's just that I know more pop culture than you. <laughs> and this is true. you use your brain for things like math and maybe a social life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not math. <laughs> so at one time, the Dolce Group, though, owned and operated over a dozen restaurants and bars in the L.A. area and wow. some as far as Georgia. And we'll definitely come back to that one. Okay. Here's a quick list of some of those restaurants, Rebecca. Okay. Tell me if any of these sound familiar. So we have oh, well. Dolce, mm-hmm. obviously. Ketchup? No. Geisha House? That sounds familiar. Right? Heard of Geisha House, yep. Bella? And my personal Not- favorite, Les Seduce. No, I'm just kidding. Le du, le You do it. Okay. I think. If I point I to you, will you just say it from now on? Yes. We. We. No. Okay. No, I'm just getting cocky. I'll take that. That was wrong. Okay. I don't even think I've heard of that one. But wait, so they had a belly and a Bella? Am I hearing that Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Unless I messed that up in my... There's a chance there wasn't a Bella no, or a Belly or vice There's versa. a chance there was a Belly and a Bella. There just is. based on what little I know so far. Yes. Would you like to know a little bit more? Because, Rebecca, while you don't think you've heard of, I'm pointing at you. Le de. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have. And okay. there's a good chance you've heard of it. And if not, I'll refresh your memory. This okay. infamous scene took place at, again, I'm pointing at Le you. Le de. Okay. So here it is. Everything and now you're mad at me. It's like, oh, come on, seriously. Ma- you know why I'm mad at you? Why, Lord? You know why I'm mad at why? you. You know what why? you did. What did I do? You know what, what you did. What did I do? What? Hide really? your brain what? Wash. You're a different person now. You're crazy. Yes, what are you you're you're about? crazy. What did I do? What did I do? You guys are sick people. What did we do? You're sick. What did you do? Yeah. What did you do? Did you do? started a sick little rumor about me. I didn't start any rumor. Really? About you. Nothing? Nothing? No. You're sabotaging. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, the fight that was like them saying the same words back and forth. You know what you did. I do. I do. do. What did I do? You know what you did. I would like to go on record saying Heidi Montag is one of my favorite reality stars of all time. She and Spencer Pratt are absolutely in on it. They know people make fun of them. They are... They're just magical. They're so funny, actually. You, I'm sure you it. did. I'm sure you saw them, their video they posted speaking out against Bethany's well, thing. Bethany's They're thing, like, we're yeah. available. Uh, we'll work for champagne. They're like, we'll I mean, yeah, anything. you have to give them some credit for just owning like what they've decided to do with their life. And I can't believe we haven't covered them, actually. Yeah, I'll do just about anything to cover them because I yeah. actually love them. Spencer that on TikTok is one of my favorites. He just... Oh, I've never seen his TikToks, but yeah, I could see that. She is annoying. I've listened to interviews of her for some weird reason. Oh, yeah. Um, But listenable. Kind of a Tori Smelling effect, I would say. Yeah. She was a lot more talkative than I actually realized because I listened to her on their new show. I think it's called 60 Minutes of Fame or something. But she was actually cracking me up on that. Like, I actually really enjoyed it. Unfiltered. But wait, that... What they're wearing to me uh-huh. is like when you said Tara Reed, all I could picture were like a, was a shirt, a very specific mm-hmm. shirt, and Lauren Conrad is wearing it in Comes that right scene. right in with that, right? So it like goes hand in hand with those restaurants. Yeah. So that was like the place, right? Yep. Yep. You kind of get the vibe. It's dark and moody. Mm-hmm. Wallpaper. So yeah. Lots of <laughs> wallpaper. There's an article in W Magazine written about this time at Ledoux. Okay, I'm I'm just pointing at her, guys. I'm not even (laughs) attempting it anymore. I'll have it in the show notes. But it has a wealth of knowledge about this time. And I want to share from it a few of the people and things that happened during this time. So fun. Let's do. 
Sorry. Tell me if this gets tired, if you're tired of this. It's like you're conducting this little <laughs> symphony of one French word yes. that I happen to be able to I, I do not trust myself <laughs> at all. So let's start off from the top. Audrina Partridge of The Hills fame. She said, Le Deux was the spot in LA during this time that The Hills was being filmed. She mentioned in the article, they weren't paid to be there. It just naturally, they were there like yeah. a few nights a week. But Rebecca, would you like to reminisce about a few other people who were regulars at this Always. location? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to tell you. Do you have any guesses, first of all, some people that I might be mentioning? Are they A-list or B? Because oh, I wanted to say like Jennifer Aniston or Courtney Cox. It could have been that. Gotta think younger. Gotta think oh, younger. Oh, there were two mature. Mm-hmm. How about Lindsay Lohan? Oh, sure, Maybe. sure, sure. Paris Hilton right after she oh. was released from jail. Of course. Right to Ledoux. Right. And it's <laughs> the same place. This was a very shocking uh, thing to read. Britney Spears actually loved this place so much. She sincerely went up to the waitresses and said, I love your uniform. I'd like to work here. Pulls out her calendar and says, here are the days my sons have sports, whatever, school. I can't work these days, but could you put me on the schedule? I don't have any comment after that, but that was <laughs> this, going on. The, There's nothing to say. It, ma- it makes me sad. It's just it, like, it's it does. Like, it makes me sad. But I guess speaks to the uh, incredible environment they created that Ms. Spears would be attracted to well, employment there. You don't want to stick oh. with that thought too long. Oh, okay. So let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so Rebecca, though, when I say the names, these three names in order... Or okay. in any order, really. Paris Hilton, Lindsay yeah. Lohan, and Audrina Partridge. What do you think of? Like fights. But do you think Scandal. of an early episode that you might have done with uh, Miss Alexis Nyers? Oh, oh, are they all homeowners of the Bling Ring? They were all Targets? part of the Bling yeah. Ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't but, think of that first. Isn't that yeah. funny? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but what? taking it one step further, Yeah. apparently the Bling Ring was Basically, they all met at Ledoux. Wait, <laughs> that might actually be in my story. I know. That's why I'm when thinking. When they had that original familiar. meeting with that mm-hmm. boy. But of course, it didn't sound familiar. But they did. They met at a restaurant. Uh-huh. And oh my gosh, it could have been. I'm going to go back and find my notes. And I'm it. about 100% sure. Because I think you're right. One of the members of the Bling Ring met her boyfriend there. Yes. And they would... So they would kind of see celebrities there, know yes. who's there, who's not, when they're there. While they're plotting their whole While scheme. Wow. That yeah, was I fun. I need to be excited. I that was excited. really fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, when I got to that, I was like, cannot wait to finish this episode. This will be great Amazing, Rebecca. Yeah. So back to Mike and Lonnie and their businesses, right? So they have okay. the Dolce Group. We've now been introduced to Lida. Yeah. Business is booming. (laughs) Mike and Lonnie are making a lot of money, but what about their investors? And we're going to find out what happened to all that money after a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. Spring is bursting with fresh energy. The air, our aspirations, and even our homes get a refreshing makeover. And what better time to revamp your home security with Simply Safe? It's our top choice and for good reason. Praised as the best home security system for 2024 by US News and World Report and recognized by Newsweek for its exceptional customer service, Simply Safe has you covered. 
From break-ins to fires and floods, its comprehensive sensors keep your entire home safeguarded. I also love that with the cameras I have in my house, I can be gone, not be able to get a hold of a kid, and simply go on to one of the cameras and look around the room and see my kid is there and safe, but just ignoring me, as you know, kids will do sometimes. And with a range of indoor and outdoor cameras, you can keep a vigilant eye on your property around the clock. For less than a dollar a day, you can enjoy 24-7 professional monitoring, ensuring prompt emergency responses for whenever you need it. Plus, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can intervene in real time, deterring intruders with the power of voice through wireless indoor cameras. But the best part is there's no long-term commitment, and you have a generous 60-day money-back guarantee. So why not give Simply Safe a try? If it doesn't exceed your expectations, simply return it for a full refund. Simply Safe has given us and our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So back to the story. As I mentioned before, Belly or possibly Bella <laughs> opened in 2001. <laughs> and by 2004, it shut its doors. Okay. And this kind of becomes a pattern for all of their restaurants that are run by Dolce. And it seems like the nature of restaurants in general, I right? was just going to say, that seems par for the course. It's a tough business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're not a Vanderpump, who are you in this world? <laughs> so the investors are ponying up millions of dollars. The restaurants would open. Things begin by not being paid. And investors aren't allowed any access to the financials. They're also not allowed to have any management positions. So they're just giving their money Silent and hoping for investors. the investors. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So they don't really know what's going on until it's too late, right? Oh, boy. So in 2008, it was Lonnie's turn to be on TV. Any idea as to what 2008 Bravo show Lonnie may have been on? He's a rich man in 2008. It's one episode. A Bravo show? Would he have appeared on a Housewives show? No. Think Patty. What's her name? Patty? Oh, the uh, Millionaire Matchmaker? Millionaire Matchmaker. Yeah. He was on okay. an episode of Oh, so he was like an eligible millionaire as the bachelor? Apparently. Was he one of the dates for someone or he was going in to be matched? He was being matched. Gross. So okay. here is a quick clip. I think, you know, we were both pretty comfortable with one another, which is the coolest thing. And um, it was it felt natural, which is nice. It's weird. It's not the what I kind of described to Patty, but... By chance, despite that, she still kind of, you know, I guess falls into my type if I have if I have a type. You know, for the most part, what I described to Patty originally was the typical girls I got with, and I don't think Sabrina falls in that category. But she's still, you know, easy on the eyes and she's pretty cool. So, charmer, real charmer. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch that episode, um, but I read a, read like a little synopsis where it said basically. When he was matched with this girl, he wasn't really interested. And then they mentioned Patty said she was part of Playboy. And then all of a sudden he was interested. So that doesn't surprise me at all. 
I never watched that show like season, you know, through every yeah, season, yeah, every yeah. episode. But when it was on, I always watched it. I did find it interesting. No, I agree with you. It was like a doctor's office show for me. If it's totally, on, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah watch it. Same. Okay, Rebecca. So this next part is dark. And so trigger warning, we're talking about sexual assault, but I will be very, 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 very brief and none of the details. Okay. But what you need to know about this is it happened before he was on Millionaire Matchmaker, right? So before was when this event takes place. Okay. So then there's Millionaire Matchmaker and the lawsuit for this event takes place after Millionaire Matchmaker. So when they filmed with them, they had no idea about this. Okay. Okay. Because it hadn't happened or it hadn't come out. Sorry. It hadn't had happened. Come out. Hadn't come out. Okay. Right. So in 2007, Lonnie is accused of sexual assault against a 19-year-old patron of Ledoux. Oh. Yes. So the lawsuit alleges that the 19-year-old is admitted into the club. She shouldn't have even been there. She was not even 21. Um, she's brought to the owner's table. She's supplied with alcohol, allegedly to the point of falling over by Lonnie. She then says that she was brought to his office where he sexually assaulted her. I don't want to go into more details of that, except to say that the case was ultimately dropped in April of 2009. I don't know anything, you know, beyond what happened, what the terms of that were. But speaking of 2009, let's read an excerpt from an interview with Mike and Lonnie for, tell me what this magazine's called, LA-IST. Did they call it like? Oh, it's like the LAist. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I even you. follow them on Instagram, maybe. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Um, it's like the they, New Yorker. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. So the LAist. So here's what Lonnie says 2009, same year that it's dropped. So it's already happened. Okay. Same year it's dropped. Here's what he says when asked the question What do you see as the future of LA's nightlife and hospitality industries? So he said us several things, but I'm just pulling two sentences sure. from. Okay. Here we go. One thing you're going to see with us is affordability. We want our guests to have a good time and not worry about us raping them for every penny they've got. <gasps> a little further down, same same answer. He says, we want to get the customers to keep coming back. We do that by not raping them. Wait, he's having the dark. He's currently going through this. I don't know if this was on the other side of it, or but he knew what was going on, right? The, no, no. the case is going on. Yes, but I'm calling back to um, Void of the Night or the Dark. <laughs> He's having oh. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like saying the quiet part out loud. But that that is a weird like subconscious admission or that is just such weird language to use. That doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't, especially if you're probably trying to like make people forget about that. I don't feel like you're going to want to say... If and also it's here, like a positive thing he's trying to convey like hey we're really like because this is post 2008 right this is a year later it's all that mortgage stuff had just happened so he's like hey we're trying to really think about like giving you a great experience where you don't have to like break the bank might have worked break the bank would have worked even if he was a robber i'd take break the bank over this. right i mean then it's just like a subtle nod to the bling ring that's cool that's on brand like yeah. what is he doing that's so creepy so as you can imagine, when a club owner is being accused of sexual assault at his club, business might just take a little bit of a dip, might tank just yeah, a little bit. I would hope so. Yeah. So I'm not sure when Ashton Kutcher bailed on the Dolce Group. Good. I would imagine it'd be around this time if you were yeah. going to leave. So things continue to really chug along with Big Brother mostly in the rear view for Mike. But he wasn't quite done with reality TV. 
In July of 2001, VH1 aired a blink and you'll miss it show called Famous Food. I did watch several episodes of this. Famous Food, okay. But I'm going to let Heidi Montag and friends tell you more about it. Oh, perfect. Hi, guys. This is Ashley Dupre. Hello, I'm Danielle Stop. Hi, I'm Heidi Montag, and I'm on a new VH1 reality show called Famous Food. There's seven celebrities, and we're opening up a restaurant from scratch, from, you know, a, gr- a gutted restaurant that doesn't have any paint, any carpets, no menu, no name. So we're really building a restaurant from scratch with seven celebrities in about a month and a half or less and opening it to the public and seeing if it succeeds. And then maybe one person might become, like, a potential owner at the end. It's a chance for me to show people who I am rather than what they think I am. I'm infamous, and... You know, I'm, I'm kind of giving everyone um, me and my personality rather than them just seeing, um, just remembering me from a photo and making their own conclusions. Where to begin? I know. Is that even edited? Like they didn't even know what they were saying the show was about. Because no one ever knew. It never made and any sense. Did Danielle stop use a British accent or not? Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you. She says playing stop. Tricks on me. I thought the same thing. She was, she, she said, she introduced herself like she lives in London. I know. It was like a case of the Dorits that she had. That it was wild. Was wild. Uh, that's when I went back and said, hold on, I need to hear this again. Yeah. I did the same thing. It was my first note on like my original notes of taking it is, is Danielle British now? Because it didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Why wouldn't she be? Oh my gosh. That also, was amazing. Also, Ashley Dupree. Do you remember her? No, I can't place her. Elliot Spitzer is that was that his name? The, he had a That's call a po- girl. Politician. That's what it was. Yeah, oh, at the time. That, okay. Her. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. that's where she's talking about being infamous or whatever. So that was that. So it was Heidi, her, Danielle Staub, members of Three Six Mafia, and I can't remember okay. who else. So as you see in this clip, they're creating a restaurant called Lemon Basket. Lemon Basket. Hmm. And this is done okay. with the help of Mike and Lonnie, right? Part of oh, that. Okay. They're involved. That I don't sense. know if they were producers, actually, but I know they yeah. were involved in this, right? Sure. It's really like the original Caprice Room, if you... Or Capri Room. <laughs> Wait. Capri Victory, Room, yeah, yeah, yeah. The original right. Lemon Basket. the lemons. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. So the winner of this show, Famous Food, is supposedly gets to run this restaurant. So according to the internet, because I don't remember this, Danielle and... One of the members of Three Six Mafia won, but ultimately Lemon Baskets only open for five months. So if they did run it, <laughs> they ran it right into the ground. Oh my gosh! Well, I like that Heidi says, and the winner like might maybe might possibly be the proprietor, the owner. I'm like, Heidi knew it was oh, over, but, but who knows? Like, exactly. But, maybe maybe not. But remember how she mentioned that it was starting from scratch, like starting from the beginning. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's not actually true. Before Lemon Basket was Lemon Basket. It was Tara Reed's ketchup. I was just going to say it must have been one of their failed places mm-hmm. and they just like revamped it. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Ketchup? What ketchup. is with that name? It was like American food. It was, they oh, were very So you're mean on... ketchup. Mm-hmm. Ketchup. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to read reviews of, yeah, of Lemon Basket. And I found, oh, good. I found one on Yelp and it says, it's kind of starting in the middle of the sentence, but it says, Whereas the entrance to ketchup was a happening hotspot, now you walk in the door and there's basically a picnic table with a hostess behind it. It's dark and the theme is confusing. 
What does this have to do with lemons? Oh, I see. <laughs> There's a bin of lemons in front of the picnic table. Huh. <laughs> oh, it all makes sense now. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that great? I like that they're like, it's... we want ketchup back. Get rid of this lemon basket. Give us ketchup. So weird. They're just like choosing like condiments and like kitchen ingredients. They're yeah. like, lemon, done. Yeah. Ketchup. Done. Throw some in, in the, the restaurant. Front. <laughs> so weird. So Famous Food ends up airing in July. And in August, though, Mike and Lonnie have another lawsuit on their hands. And this time, Ooh. it has to do with money. So in 2011, Mike and Lonnie are sued by a woman named Shireen Erasm, who claimed that Mike and Lonnie, quote, illegally siphoned away money from their Geisha House LLC restaurant group for years in order to support what she called their party boy lifestyles. Oh. Yes. The suit claimed that the men embezzled almost a million dollars. Oof. Yeah. It said in part, quote, they gambled away hundreds of thousands of dollars that never belonged to them. They used some of the stolen monies to pay for sex, and they traveled the world at the restaurant group's expense. Gross. Yeah. And so Mike, I guess she must have said something about him being a wash-up reality star. And I got this quote from Mike in response to this lawsuit. He said, quote, as far as her allegations that I'm a washed-up reality star – you can tune in tonight at 8 p.m. on VH1 and watch our show, <laughs> Famous Food. <laughs> that's literally like ticking by the minute to its end. Yeah. Oh, it, that's good. That's really good. It was, I'm like, that's not, that didn't do what you thought it was going to do, buddy. No, no, that didn't age well. No. So ultimately, though, from this lawsuit, Mike ends up being on the hook for $800,000 and Ooh. Famous Food is canceled. I put a note here. I don't know if this joke's going to land. I'll take things that go bad quicker than the food at Lemon Basket for 300 Alex. <laughs> that's I don't good. Know. No, that's really good. That was me in the middle of the night. So the two men continue the Dolce group, right? But there are more lawsuits to come. In 2012, they're sued by another investor for much of the same, including mismanaged money, using money to support their lifestyles, as well as falsifying records and making off-the-book deals with vendors and keeping the difference in cash. Oh. Yeah, so I guess, like, I read something that, like, kind of alluded to, like, say, the lemon basket that VH1 paid to have it there, but instead of the money going to the lemon basket, they took their share and a lot of it was off the book. So it sounded like that kind of thing happened yeah, quite yeah. a bit. The real kicker of these lawsuits, Rebecca, can't wait for this one, comes in 2014. At this point, Dolce Group has restaurants in L.A. and around the country, one of which is that one I told you about in Atlanta. Yeah. So it was alleged that the rent on the Atlanta outpost of the Geisha House was not paid for for guess how long they didn't pay for this, the rent on their restaurant six months one more guess longer mm -hmm. 12 months eight years how where's the landlord like how is that even a thing i have no idea but it gives him a 10.5 million dollar judgment against him so i don't know what happened to this lawsuit because, of course, they don't say. But I do know that that $800,000 he owed from the last one wasn't going anywhere. Like, they were coming for that $800,000. But as far as his yeah. rent, I'm not sure what happened, but eight years? You know, whoever's in charge of the check, cutting that check, like, you can, you know, you can miss a month. Like, even with a sure. busy business, you've got a dozen restaurants. 
how for eight years are you not paying it? And I'm sure at that point they're like, okay, we're just not going to pay because no one's yeah, saying nobody anything. nobody notices. Like, did the landlord like pop up? Like who, who brought the charge? Like surely the owner. Yeah, I hope so. I just it's wonder so how that... crazy. Mm-hmm. How but did he sustain... Uh, it's wild. It doesn't make a lick of sense unless it was done like... I, I, honestly, I don't even know. I don't think... Eight years? That's a third grader. A lease on a commercial lease, this is getting really too... Ooh, let's do it. I, well, I have rented a commercial lease before, and they're usually long-term. They usually are like a five, seven, or okay. 10-year lease. So that doesn't make any difference. You still have to pay the rent monthly, unless it's some arrangement where you pay it in like large chunks. But even so, to not get a payment for eight years is bananas. Yeah, I, I don't know. Lemons. How, yeah. <laughs> All your lemons in the basket on that yeah. one. <laughs> So, Rebecca, something else happened in 2018, though. In 2018, Mike is approached by The Amazing Race to join teams with Will um, to star reality duos. So this was the season Ooh. that they had reality duos. Ooh, I didn't watch that. Yeah. I want to. So obviously that would be a great thing. But to be on this show, Mike needs Will. They're a pair. They are sure. the duo, right? So Mike is like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But Will says no. And Mike is not happy with this answer. And so he goes from asking him to basically demand him to join him for Amazing Race. How do you demand that? Well, you're about to hear. You're about to hear how you demand that. So I'm going to list a few of the messages that Mike sent to Will and also members of Will's family during this time. So keep in mind, they had been friends for a year, so they knew each other's families, all that sort of thing. Here we go. This one's from May 3rd, 2018. It says, quote, should I be expecting an email soon? You said it was coming, but you're busy posing with Michael Yo, the comedian Michael Yo, who was on E! Entertainment or whatever. So let me know. You killed Amazing Race for me. Are you really trying to ignore me now? I won't go away. Ooh. Next one got a little more aggressive. It says, quote, you selfish F. You won't be left alone. You said you had a retort to my points. So what are they? None, you selfish, narcissistic B. You never gave an F about me. Let's play, pick up the phone, or you get a visit. So, whoa. Yeah. And so these were friends, you know, whatever level at this point. It's been more than a decade. So Will decides to block Mike after a few of these messages, thinking he'll calm down. This will all go away, right? And it did for a while. But in 2019, so the next year, it starts again. But this time, it's not just Will that receives messages. It's Will's brother, Ian, a friend of Will's, and even Will's mom gets messages from Mike. So on August 15th, 2019, Will, quote, received very threatening emails from Mike threatening the lives of his children at the school with a picture of Will's daughter's youth basketball team and a gun, as well as language referencing schools, target shooters, and recently murdered musicians. Yeah. He is not okay. This is so serious. So serious. So I'm taking this from an article from The Heavy, and we'll have that in the show notes as well. Will gets these, and he's immediately going to the police station. Um, There's an investigative report that's started per his request, but he doesn't get to speak to the detective directly at that point. And so Will and his attorney actually contact the FBI. So Will lives in Miami, by the way. I don't think I said that. He's in Miami. Okay. Mike is should be in LA. So according to the article, the restraining order wasn't able to be filed immediately, or at least wasn't approved immediately. Um, In the meantime, quote, Will and his wife 
for fear for their lives, put themselves and their children in one room of their home, turned off all the lights, slept on the floor, placed bats and a golf club next to their beds, locked and barricaded the door. That night, Ian, who is Will's brother, receives threatening texts from Mike with graphic pictures of a gun aimed at the head of Will's six-year-old daughter and a gun aimed at the head of his wife. I think it was like on the TV, like he had it displayed somewhere and then he was standing with a picture with a gun at, uh, holding it at their heads terrifying absolutely so the next day august 16th 2019 he sends an email to will's brother ian with that same photo of will's daughter and more threatening comments so these messages he, he wrote them in 2018 like the first two went away for a year but now over like two days period he's just sending out a ton of unhinged messages he writes Will's mom and says, I pray for you all, which obviously with this oh. going on is yeah, not good. ominous. Mm-mm. Yeah. So he says in one message, and I think this was to Will's brother Ian, quote, I hid assets and made almost $3 million in crypto. I am set for life and thought, I have unlimited funds, and yet I am unfulfilled. I want to make sure the Kirbys know me again. Are you ready? It's just terrifying. And they're just... You're just a sitting duck for somebody like yeah, this. Yeah, and they're coming like one right after the other. Yeah. It's, and it's building in intensity. Yeah, yeah stalking is, is so bad. terrifying. Yeah. So Mike ends up being arrested after two days for making criminal threats, but he's released yeah. a $50,000 bond. Right, because he has all that money. Mm-hmm. The next August, though, 2020, Mike is arrested for a suspected DUI. So things are not going well for mm-hmm. Mike. Yeah. In April of 2021, Mike changes his plea from not guilty for the criminal threats to no contest. So he receives two years probation. He also has to pay an undisclosed amount of restitution. And Will is granted a 10-year restraining order that includes his family as well as all of those laser away locations. He can't come to any of them. Oh, that's that's pretty good coverage because yeah. this guy's all over the place. <laughs> Including your Instagram. That makes me feel better because eventually I will book now. So <laughs> so uh, one thing I didn't have in there but I wanted to mention is once this was going on and they're waiting for them to arrest Mike, their family goes to a hotel, like goes under a pseudonym. Just I would too. Absolutely. But like I just can't imagine that waiting like to hear the call. Then to know he gets to bail out because of course. But yeah. I just can't imagine the the stress um, oh my gosh when it comes to that so at this point i can't find a whole lot on mike since that 2021 huh. um changing his plea will and his wife actually split about a year ago but he and his businesses are doing great arriving as for mike i do know he is on cameo and i'm just hoping at this point he's on the right path to turn his life around because this was a big bummer for their whole well, friendship everything to to take this kind of a turn it's terrifying but all he got was a restraining order placed on him for 10 years i think he ended up in uh i think he had three days of jail but this the consequences aren't severe and significant so yeah i also hope maybe he's like gone down a better path but i don't know sometimes people have to learn through harder yeah i don't know i don't know it's sad because you can think of people like this where You've got best friends. One of them is wildly successful and the other one isn't really there. And if there's a jealousy issue and the fact that Will is the one that had the power in that, like I'm not doing it, 
I'm not saying anything against Will. Totally his right to do that. He shouldn't be harassed for it or stalked or anything. Yeah. And maybe he didn't feel like he needed it the same way Mike did in terms of his career Mm -hmm. and his like visibility. and Exactly. But Mike really did. And oh, it stinks. But I'm, I was glad, like you were saying, that Will took it so seriously from the beginning because you can't play around with that. And some people will wait for a while because you also probably don't want to believe it. Like this was your friend. Um, that's what I'm saying I, I've heard stories like that where they're like well he was saying it but blowing um, steam one thing I did miss that in 2018 Mike filed for bankruptcy but he still had that $800,000 um, judgment against him and the yeah. judge was like you can file for bankruptcy but you still have to pay that $800,000 wow mm-hmm. wow so it didn't wipe that so in 2018 is the same year that he was approached by the amazing race so if they win that he, oh sure yeah so hopefully that gives a little bit more context to why the amazing race that could have is been so, so interesting so wait I am curious now who was on that season and who won it Ooh, I I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. Because the reality duo, I like The Amazing Race. I never watched every season, but when I watched it, I really yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, when I watch it, I really enjoy it, but I just yeah. never think to watch it, really. My Two of my kids want to go on it together someday. <gasps> Please. Yeah. I think they would be good, actually. Yeah, I do, too. That is, that's crazy. Right? And I guess I just knew too much about the Dolce group. Like, I knew it was a thing. I knew it was, like, young Hollywood or whatever. Um, but man, there, there, I mean, there was just so much. You could go on forever about that. I just kind of took the highlights, really, because there was just, wow, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. The reality connections, the stack of crimes, that is uh, rich. Yeah. Very rich. Like Dolce, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. that mean sweet or something? Oh, gosh. Let's not do this. I can't <laughs> help you there. So, Rebecca, I would love to know what it is that you're watching. Okay. I cannot wait to tell you, but I'm actually, well, let's just do the clues. Uh, Netflix, Italy, world record. I'm not sure. Big, big departure. From, yeah. This is going to be hard for me, but I'm not going to explain any of it. I'm going to say the title and I'm going to tell you to please watch it. And I'm going to tell our listeners to just please watch it and not to Google. Okay. It's called The Deepest Breath. And all it is, is a documentary. It's one episode it's one documentary so one movie less than two hours okay about a diver okay a a free diver have you ever heard of such a thing a free form diver they just go down hundreds of feet with no gear nope and they it's not an olympic sport it's just like a world sport and you try to break records for how far you go and come up uh so it's about a woman from italy who does this and she goes on to break records but it's about so much more it is so beautiful. Ooh. It is so unbelievable. Like, I've always left speechless. Really? Yeah. Okay, I want to see so it. So if you just want something really different, like, you're, you're, it's it's just, I've never seen anything like it. It's huh. really beautiful. Oh. And there's suspense, and there's scary, and it's, you know, it's got, like, the sports competition. I said I would say nothing. I went in really knowing nothing except my friend saying, just please watch it, please watch it. And it really was nice to just go in not knowing. So I really recommend it. Okay. I'm on board. Um, we're keeping things nice this week because my uh, suggestions for this week are, my clues are Netflix. Oh, good. We're out of TLC yeah. for just a minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing quite well. Netflix, <laughs> um, love, and... 
terribly, terribly titled show. Is it about people with Down syndrome? It is. Finding Down with love. love. I'm sorry. What is it called? Down, Down with, love? with Love? Oh, yeah. That is I a don't terrible love title. Name. But I've been wondering if and when I'll watch it. So yeah, I should watch he, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's it's so if sweet. you watch it for no one else, you have to watch it for Carlos, who is the most romantic guy in the entire world. <gasps> oh, like, God. I mean, just he's like a come to life poem, like a romantic poem. Oh, he's just so sweet. That and, is such a great description of someone, like a walking, breathing poem. It's oh, true. He I just, oh, it. he just, he absolutely is amazing. So it's it's the same kind of idea as Love on the Spectrum. Um, if that's you watch what I that. figured mm-hmm. yeah and so this is uh, okay. people with down syndrome um, finding love and it's amazing so great yeah it's it just leaves me so happy to watch honestly these feel like really good pairings that's all I'll say is mine and yours yeah. like yes I, wow. I think watch these in a weekend um, I'm excited to try yours because it oh good yeah I'm all yeah. about it so nice of us to have such um, I know such sweet stuff I'm out yeah. of the dumps. Yeah, I guess you are. And me too. <laughs> out of the dark stuff. Um, well, let's see if we're gonna go we're gonna go back there a little bit with next week's story. Oh, great. Okay. Next episode story. If you but there's it it'll be fun. Okay. Um, do you want the clues? I Please. have five. I'm trying to Ooh. pick the best three because I feel like you will definitely get it and people will, but I also feel like most of the time my clues are obscure and misleading. So I kind of feel like maybe I should just go with my gut. I haven't gotten yours in a very long time, so I would appreciate okay. a win. Fiance. Okay. Sister. Okay. Target. Target? Mm-hmm. That's like the dead right Oh, now. I know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a big one. Finally. It's a big We're one. Here. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Were those clues okay? Because I could switch it up. No, I love those clues. Those were you great. Do. I know exactly. I just want to be standing next to a window, stirring my salad, <laughs> mm-hmm. looking out the blinds. I'm ready. I'm ready. Awesome. Well, I'm so I'm so excited. <sighs> I know. I can't believe we haven't done it. I'm so Me either. excited. Me either. This will be great. Well, then let's do this again in just two weeks. But if you want to hear one of our voices between then, you can always listen to Melissa on Tuesdays with her other podcast, Moms and Mysteries. And Melissa, I'm going to stop you right now before you say like, visit my website. Stay tuned. I'm just going to, I feel like I just owe a little bit of like an explanation. It's starting to feel weird okay um so I was working on a tv show for two years that just kind of completely fell apart so I am it might is that okay to say I think it's fine I'm I'm just losing my mind you're just saying it so happily that I was like well look it's just there's been a grieving process it's been a long time it's fine there might be a reshaping of it moving into another medium or with another person I don't know but what I hoped to have announced in a really positive, exciting way. It's not happening right now. Not yet. Um, but it's not, not yet. yet. Mm-hmm. So I just don't want to like, I don't know, belabor this like suspense. The funny thing is what I was going to say <laughs> is if you want to hear Rebecca, listen to one of our old episodes. I wasn't even going to oh. tell people to go to your website this week. Well, you usually do. So I, I was just, you do. can still go to my website. <laughs> it's cute. Um, it's my name.com. I do have like other things that are happening. And as just as soon as I can, I will 
you'll be all be the first to know. Absolutely. So yeah. So criminalityshow.com. If follow us on Instagram at criminality show and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Sounds good. See you in two weeks. Bye.